0: The point of this is to provide the best facts-driven show that we possibly can. Ideally, you have a glue guy who is good. Hashtag blue guy, hashtag locker room guy. You can't go sign Bobby Hole Leak to a trillion dollars. You can't do these things. Very satisfying. The absolute best NYR show in town. This is the Liberty Blue. Rangers Podcast. Rangers Podcast. With Andrew Chelby Andrew and Nick Zeraris. Nick Zeraris. Rangers fans, welcome to Liberty Blue, the best Rangers podcast in town. I am Andrew Chelney. alongside Nick Zeraris. We scream about the Rangers that you don't have to. This is episode number 44 live on Twitter, Twitch, and YouTube. And we're available wherever you get your podcasts as well. Today's show is about the last two games. We have season awards to hand out and a lot more. Nick, we're almost there. This
1: is what it's about, man. The way you think about the regular season when your expectations are deep playoff run or like prerequisites in college where you have to take those to get to the important classes in your major. When you're a team that has legitimate Stanley Cup aspirations, this is just the weeding out process. You got to get here. This is part of that journey. Now, it it feels the NHL season is too long. It's something I've, been an advocate for for a long time it's the same problem the nba has the the season needs to be shorter the the season is way too long you're never going to get owners to agree to take games away but the season is too long and it turns the the high variance nature of the hockey playoffs to the point where as long as you get in the regular season kind of loses some of its weight because the season's so long like think about what's going to happen Everybody is making the recurring joke. I've seen it at least seven, eight times. Yeah, the Bruins just had the best seat regular season of all time. They're going to lose to the Islanders and Ilya Sorokin in five games (laughs) because he's going to have a 970 (laughs) save percentage across five games. Yeah, And everything the Bruins just did is kind of for naught. That's the thing about the NHL season being so long. It's a cruel mistress. But as far as the Rangers are concerned, we're here. First part of the job's done. Now comes the hard part. The regular season is the weeding out process. You got the kids who are going to switch majors to go to other places. Now it's time to see if the vision that the front office, the coach have aligned on here can manifest itself into a championship.
0: Yeah. We're to to follow along with your, uh, with your uh, idea. Like this is finals week. Essentially we are nearing finals week. And we'll see who passes and who has studied for the exams and who fails and flunks out and isn't seen again until the next time they try. So right for for right now, these last two games, it, like tonight's game against Buffalo, it matters to Buffalo. The range, like listen for for the Rangers, obviously still want to play well. Like like we said last week, right? The Rangers still want to play well and they want to build off their good habits, et cetera. But deep inside. Do they care? The answer is no. Like these these past two these these next two games here, Buffalo and Toronto. Toronto doesn't care either. They're locked in. They're going to play Tampa Bay. We've known this since like day one. Essentially, that these two games that these two teams are going to play each other. And for Buffalo, Buffalo is hanging on by a thread to their playoff hopes, and they need to win this game. So Buffalo is going to come out and and swing, and they will do everything they can to get two points out of the rangers tonight will the rangers swing back <laughs> i don't know and like, as much as they probably like, they will to a certain extent they don't they're not just going to lay down and and let the sabers run all over them for sure but at the same time the sabers are playing for a lot more than the rangers are that's just the fact that's the facts and the players aren't numbers on a spreadsheet like they have they they understand the situation they know what's going on they know the sabers are going to come out and essentially just try to score 8 9 10 goals so just just so they could get a chance to not get eliminated in these playoffs while the rangers they're in are they good like i guess they have a, a a theoretical chance of moving up into second place maybe getting home, home ice advantage, but that requires the Devils to lose both games because they have the tiebreaker. To my, to my understanding, the Devils have the tiebreaker. over yeah, the Rangers. more regulation wins. So, yeah. so the Rangers, like I guess if they win both and the Devils lose both, then the Rangers will have home ice advantage. But the chances of that happening probably aren't very high. So for the Rangers, it's again, we talked about this last week, just stay just he- healthy. Just be careful. Just stay healthy. Nobody go down It will be good.
1: So I'm going to borrow a Bill Simmons expression, and it's funny because I haven't listened to any of Bill Simmons' podcasts in like five or six years, but this one has always stuck with me. There was a talk show host back in the 50s. His name was Milton Burrell, and he did not put in a lot of effort at work at any point. And the recurring joke Bill Simmons would always make going into a football week where it looked like the board was way too easy and it was going to be very easy to win money gambling that week on football was the let's just be careful out there week. That's what this is. Let's just be careful out there. Nothing crazy. These two games... Co- materially inconsequential. You're going to get your, both your goalies in. I would imagine you're going to get Shosturkin tonight, which is the understanding from what I saw. You might get Halak on Thursday. You might get Shosturkin. You could get a college goalie, which is what the Leafs are doing tonight. Toronto,
0: first- m- Toronto might play their ATO backup. Like they, that's yeah. that's how little they care about these last couple of games. Like they they might just they might sign you. Like they might sign me. They might sign one of us to so just be like, "Yo, we got to get somebody in there, and we kind of don't want to play either of our goalies." Can you just can you just play for a game? Like it's yeah. I, I know if you if you give up five goals, seven goals, it's all you good. You got the you, best story you, of all time. You, you get anytime the jersey. That's right. You get the jersey. You get the team. You know, rallying behind you. Yeah, you have the story forever, and and people will meet. People will throw memes at you, so it's great. It, and that's but that's like Toronto just. <laughs> blatantly doesn't care and that's fine like they yeah. they're, they're they're solidified in their playoff spot they're not moving not going anywhere sign us we'll play who cares yeah
1: sure hey man there are a lot of people i you saw the what the you see what the playoff ticket prices are like oh that's yeah. what people would pay to play to on the rangers you get yeah. a lot of yeah. you get a lot of long island italians out there ready to go <laughs> you'd have a lot of Tony where's D'Angelo's. anthony potato
0: when you need him where is he yeah. He's a Staten Island Italian. That's different. Ah, uh, well, well. Yeah. Uh, you, you, you know, I'd you're say, in I'd Staten say Island. It's close and- enough, but I feel like Long Island and Staten Island would both be attacking me as I speak. So I'm just yes, going to leave that be.
1: Correct. You you would be. So one of the interesting points when you when you talk about this season, and I've made this point, I think every single week since January, at no point have the Rangers ever really gotten everything lined up where it's all working at the same time you've seen glimpses of a good team you saw the power play get really hot for a few weeks you saw the team defense get really strong for a few weeks the goaltending especially has been really strong these last couple weeks but you never got it all lined up at the same time where you kind of felt like okay you got everything lined up It feels like the team is playing consistently. It feels like there's a good grasp of what everybody's job and responsibilities are, and it's going to match the process, and the process is going to be good, so that's going to lead to good results. The Rangers haven't really ever gotten that at any point this season. But what's interesting about that and why I think this is worth talking about is the Rangers are going to end up fifth or sixth, maybe seventh if they lose both of these games in the entire NHL. They were already over 100 standings points, which as far as regular seasons are concerned, that's a successful regular season. Anytime you can clear 100 standings points, that's a really good regular season. Yes, they're playing in a brutal division where two of the, uh, two of the four teams ahead of them right now are in their same division, but you had a really successful regular season playing ben harper for significant stretches playing ryan reeves through early december like legitimately
0: significant bunch of letters as well got some games in Uh, we're gonna
1: we have the entire summer to lament the fact that jake decision is going to be the fourth line center next year to save money but we'll worry about that this summer when we. But yeah, that's a great, yeah. Jake LeSusian, Lieber Hayek, Ben Harper, all these guys getting significant ice time, talking about a power play that was in the 20s until February, talking about a penalty kill that's been pretty mediocre all season, goaltending, which was pretty mid, to be frank, until about, late february early march and they are still this far along which uh, which is always one of the things you got to account for when you're talking about the underlying statistics and, and shot checking metrics is the rangers have the high-end talent where they don't need to be they don't need to have the advantage in the underlying statistics they just need to be close to 50 50 like if they're 45 55 you're Not okay with that, but you feel okay about it because the Rangers have enough high-end talent that they're going to be able to play their way out of that deficit. That's the way you got to think about that when you see things like the shot meter, you see things like the scoring chance flow charts. Is That's not saying, you know, oh, this is what's going to – think of it like probability. Like if you were going to flip a coin – But it had three sides on it as opposed to two would you flip a coin that you know you didn't have great odds on probably but it it would help if you know you are at 50 50. if you were going to flip a coin and you only won 45 percent of the time you have less of a chance of winning that's how you should be thinking about these metrics it's not saying that because this is what happened before it's what's going to happen going forward it's saying that based on how things have gone you would probably win about this amount of times. And think about it like that. That's the easiest way I can think to describe it is if you were to flip a coin and the odds of winning were 55-45, you still have a chance of winning. It's just more difficult to win now. And that's really the point you got to make when it comes to that because you get a lot of people who just shut it down immediately. Yeah, the Rangers have a lot of high-end talent. That helps a lot. That is the deciding factor a lot, especially as we look forward towards the playoffs. But based on how the regular season has gone, you would think that there is another level for the Rangers to get to here, and that's the elevator pitch for the Rangers. Nothing is really lined up for them in the regular season all at once. They're still going to finish as one of the five or six best teams in the regular season, and it feels like they have another level to get to. If they are this high up in the standings already, and you feel like they still have another level to get to, now that's enticing when you're talking about the elevator
0: pitch. The one th- team that kind of I can draw a parallel to now. I understand this is not the same situation, you know. The especially in the point standing, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, they kind of remind me of the twenty twelve LA Kings, in that yeah. they, they, I know, I like I said, the, the LA Kings were in eighth at the time, were in eighth place. They were the last team to get in, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Three to one, you know, they were down against the the Kings and then against the Sharks, and all of a sudden they just stormed back and won the a Cup, like. That team throughout the entire season, it felt like they had more to give. It looked like they, it looked like they were losing it, but they were supposed to win, and they 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 gave up points and they weren't playing to their potential all year. And then when they got to the playoffs and they were down three, I think it was three one or three zero or whatever or what have you, the L.A. Kings figured it out, and then they stormed all the way back, and then they won, and then they won, like they won Stanley Cup, and it was they they. That run was spectacular by them, and then and they beat the Devils in the finals and they won in six, and then that was that. I'm not saying this is the same exact situation. That's there's parallels. Hear me out. There are parallels to these two teams in that while the Rangers did finish with more points in both situations, it felt like not everything was clicking at the same time. The LA Kings didn't have that in 2012 and then come playoff time, they figured it out and and they, they got it. They got everything working at the same time in unison and they won the Stanley Cup. Can the Rangers repeat that? Remains to be seen. But as we've talked about, they haven't had that moment yet. And maybe this is it. Maybe come playoff time, Everything will click for them, and they win the like you know, and all and the the parade, and you know like oh they they won the Stanley Cup, and you know we like we can we can celebrate, it. we'll never have another angry episode on the show on the show ever again. But the the the, the there are parallels to this, but it just remains to be seen whether the Rangers can figure it out like the LA Kings did.
1: I think it'd be very funny if the Rangers won the Stanley Cup and Ben Harper gets his name on the Stanley Cup. Cuz he <laughs> made he met the game. Jake J- Bunch of
0: letters as well, will get his name on the cup. I don't think he played in games. I think he only played 15. I forget if, the exact- if he if he skates during the final, he gets his name on the cup.
1: Yeah, no, because I remember there was uh the year the Blues won the cup, Delzado played like five regular season games for them and he didn't get his name on the cup. But that that was what I was going for here. It's just I think it'd be very funny if Ben Harper, who, you know, his contribution was just being on the team, got his <laughs> name on the Stanley Cup. It's gotta be nice. It's gotta be nice to be tall. Sure. So speaking of parallels and trying to find Threads. That's the reason you study history. It's the reason why certain states are trying to not let people learn history right now, is once you have a better understanding of things have gone in the past, you can kind of use that to interpret what's going on around you in the present. One of the things I have in the visuals tab here, this is very convoluted. Hang on. Wait, no, not that one, not that one. This one. So this is the Rangers compared to the last six Stanley Cup champions. The one team... That has a similar analytic and statistical profile to the Rangers. 17, 18 Washington Capitals. A lot of high end talent, superb goaltending, really good shooting percentage, but everything else kind of mediocre. You look at it scoring chances for and against in the 20s, goals for seventh, goals against 13th, expected goals 20th, expected goals against 29th, 21st in high danger for, 29th in high danger against. Shooting, save percentage, veteran team, lots of playoff experience, coach who's had a couple of chances in the Stanley Cup finals and lost. That That's the only one out of all of these teams that's even remotely comparable to what the Rangers are at the present. You think about what Pittsburgh is. Pittsburgh, the years they won the Stanley Cups back-to-back, elite play-driving, first and third in expected goals in the regular season. Colorado... Pretty good across the board and everything. Nothing particularly elite, but pretty good across the board. And then Tampa, elite defense. Yeah, fourth in expected goals against, fourth in high danger chances against, genuinely elite, excuse me, genuinely elite defensive statistics in the regular season on the way to the playoffs. So that's one of the reasons you look at history like that is to try and see, well, What's the Rangers formula? You think about that Capitals team that won the Stanley Cup. Braden Holby went nuclear hot there for two months. Legitimately was the best goalie in in those entire playoffs. They had the power play humming. I want to say they were 23% in the playoffs when I looked it up. The Rangers are capable of having their goalie have a 935 save percentage and the power play clicking at about one out of every four tries. That's a legitimate path for the Rangers formula to go far in the playoffs. It, It is possible. It's just that based on that history, it's telling you it's it's challenging to win that way on your goaltending and your special teams. The Rangers' entire model, the way they've constructed this team, is based on exactly that. They want to be close to even at 5-on-5, goaltending, special teams. The Rangers think they have enough high-end talent that the special teams and the goaltending is enough to compensate for the shortcomings of 5-on-5, the way the Capitals did when they won the Stanley Cup. What was that four years ago now? Five years ago now? Yeah, five years ago now.
0: Well, and we know that to be true based on the Rangers trade deadline moves. They didn't yeah. go out and acquire middle six players that can fill out the roster. They got Terseyenko. They got Patrick Kane. They got players to really and at least in theory go over the top in terms Don't of Don't forget high the team's end. leader and high danger chances since he got here, Tyler Mott. Right. Listen, Tyler Mott has been sensational. Like he's 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 really been such a great part of that fourth line and I tweeted this on the Liberty Blue podcast on the last game against Columbus it's just like the the Mott Goudreau and VZ line is such a good fourth line to have like they they get to the dirty areas they will grind for a goal like Tyler, Tyler Mott scored twice against Tampa Bay and they scored again against Columbus like this is a team that this is a fourth line I should say that is is one of the best in the league like yes. truly truly one of the best fourth lines in the league and that is something that we've that we've clamored for last season as well Yeah, that was
1: a real point in the playoffs last year was the Rangers' fourth line could not do anything out there other than maybe tread water, and they ended up with their heads below water a lot in the playoffs last year because they just didn't have the guys. They did not have the guys requisite to go on a deep playoff run because more often than not, that's where your difference makers come from in long playoff series against other really good teams because the first two lines on really good teams – those two are gonna cancel each other out. If yeah. everything goes right, the elite players on both teams are gonna cancel each other out, and the third and the fourth lines going head to head, that's the margins are small. We're only talking about, you know, 13 minutes of five on five ice time a game there. But that 13 minutes of five on five that's your difference. You think about some of the guys who've had huge moments. I, I always think about Fedotenko scoring the two goals in Game Seven for Tampa Bay against Calgary in two thousand four. Yeah, I think about Nick Paul last year for the Lightning against the Leafs, scoring two goals in Game Six to force a Game Seven. It's those secondary scoring guys make the difference in those game sixes and sevens and always find a way to be around the net in overtime right. because they're going to keep it simple that's the thing about the fourth line to your point they will just go to the net and it they are working for their offense and they know that if it's not coming they can keep pushing because the way they play is replicable it's easy to do what they right. do over and over and over again
0: the the thing about the playoffs is that when you get to the war room the 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 video room and you Watch and you assess like, okay, these are the highest dangerous. These these are the dangerous players to keep in mind. All the coaches will highlight Kane and Zabinajad and, you know, all these names. But Tyler Mott isn't at the top of the teams of the other teams players to look out for. But because that fourth line is so good and they are capable of scoring when especially when the Rangers need a goal, that is a huge positive in terms of their playoff outlook. Because when you take a look at the every team up and down and you say, okay, Goudreau, Mott, VZ, where do they stack in terms of other teams' fourth lines? Where are they in relation to Tampa Bay's fourth line or Boston's fourth line or Carolina's fourth line? Can they, at the very least, be on the same level as those other teams' fourth lines. And the answer to, I think, is yes. yes. I yes. think is a yes. Like they, they've played that well to this point that the answer, I think, is yes. So when the other teams are finding ways to shut down Zbigniewicz and Tarasenko and Kane and, and everybody else, you need guys like Maude and VC and, and Goudreau and, and those kinds of players to step up and score the goal when is, when is absolutely necessary. And the Rangers this season have the talent in the bottom six to make that happen. When your third line is the kid line that could light it up at, at whenever they kind of decide to take over, and we saw it last season in the playoffs where that kid line for stretches of the playoffs were on fire. like They, they scored at whim. We saw it at stretches this season as well where the kid line was the best line for good amount of, of games as well. So when that's your third line and your fourth line is also contributing a good amount of offense, that's a scary team to defend because now not only are you having, not only is the other team have to look at, okay, we have Zabinajan and K and Tarashek on the top six. Okay, you also have the kid line as the third line. Okay, that's scary to deal with. Oh, by the way, the fourth line also scores goals. Have fun. Yeah, and it
1: lightens the load on your top six guys when the bottom six is able to contribute like that. It's You think about all of these runs the Bruins have had the last couple years since they made the cup final in 2019. What was the knock against them always? They were a one-line team. Once you took care of Bergeron, Posternock, and uh, Marshawn, there was no secondary scoring on those teams. The Rangers have... Plenty of secondary scoring. I Legitimately, I do think the Rangers' biggest issue, and we'll talk about this more next week when we do an in-depth Rangers-Devils preview episode, is the defense, yeah. and that includes yeah. the forwards, but uh, team defense as a whole. Can you survive enough defensively that you can trade chances with them? And, yes, you're going to have an advantage in net. Shostakhin versus Vanacek or Blackwood, whoever the Devils end up going with. I imagine it'll be Vanacek unless he gets shelled and maybe you see Blackwood. But Vanacek, Shostakhin is a clear advantage for the Rangers. That leads you to be, okay, we think we can trade chances with them because our goalie is better than their goalie. The defense just needs to be – okay enough to survive that. That's really all it means going forward. So speaking of the defense, this is something I went and looked up, and I, there's a lot of numbers on this screen, but there's only really two or three I want to highlight, so bear with me here. So the, one of the things that we talked about a few weeks ago, and somebody had mentioned this on Twitter, and I forget who it was as like a, as a rough outline of events for when. So prior to the All-Star Game, which was the weekend of February 4th, Jacob Truba was on the ice for – 43% of the goals in the game for the Rangers since the All-Star break. Again, significantly less ice time, being that you know it's only 15 games versus 50-something games. But in that 15-game span, Trooper's up at 57% of the goals for. And yes, slightly better goaltending, but not enough – to make up for a legitimately 10-point swing in goals for percentage. Because the on-ice save percentage prior to the All-Star break was 89.68. Since the All-Star break, it's 90.16. So that's only, you know, a handful of saves per week at 5-on-5 five five difference between the two. But that means that they are conceding significantly less goals when Truba and Miller are on the ice together. That is a positive sign. And we knew, no, I I don't know which tense to use on that one, but we were aware that Trouba was dealing with a nagging body injury for that first half of the season. That if it was, he, the recurring was, well, he's got to be in there. They need him. They can't afford to have him sit out, whatever. Okay. That week off at the All Star break, marginal difference. A, a full week off when you're dealing with a nagging injury makes a difference. And yeah, we, we were saying in early late November, early December, hey, let him sit a week now as opposed to deal with this nagging injury, but I digress. Point is, the defense has the ability to play better because it really has improved over the course of the season. You think about all those ugly games in November, early December, every game, five, six goals against, Goaltending wasn't particularly good, put more of a focus on the defensive struggles. Now the defensive struggles are a bit more of, um, they're, they're a little bit more of just, uh, can we play with enough confidence that we trust our guys to do what they're going to do? You, you don't really have to worry about Fox and Lindgren. The third pair is probably going to be hold on to your butts, whatever the, the most crucial Anything in this entire playoffs to the Rangers is going to be the Truba Miller pairing because of the role the coach asked them to play, especially at five on five. And we've seen the really, really lows of that pair early in this season. And we've seen some pretty good points where you see the flashes of an elite defenseman in Keandre Miller. And Truba hasn't killed you the way he did the first half of the season. That's the fulcrum point that pair swings kind of how games are going to go for them. And the games that get away from the Rangers where they end up losing by multiple goals, it's usually that pair that's, you know, on for two or three goals against. That's the single biggest thing for me, at least looking ahead. I, I, I will have plenty of more stats going. going forward, but that's really something I found interesting because we can point to clear like reported news, time off, improved play, without a significant bump in goaltending, which tells you that the defense improved.
0: Sure. I don't understand why Truba kept playing, despite these injuries earlier on in the season when he kept giving up goals against, and the Rangers were not winning games with him on the ice anyway. So yes. why continue to play somebody like that, especially with, some, you know, he is the captain of the team. He makes a boatload of money a year. You would think that you want him out there when he's healthy and not laboring an injury game 28 of the season. But I digress. I'm not jar Gallant. What do I know? I, I'm not a head coach in NHL, so clearly he knows more than I do, of course. But the the that is really my one concern, and I agree with you there, is how the Miller-Truba pairing will play against a team like the Devils in a seven-game series. And the Devils are a fast team. Ke'Andre Miller... And we'll talk about this next week as well. But Ke'Andre Miller can withstand that speed. Jacob Truba cannot withstand the speed. He is not a, a, a exceptionally fast skater. He's an, a pretty average skater at best. So... When you we have to defend Jack Hughes, and I understand defending Jack Hughes is something that only a handful of players on the world can do, but Jacob Truba is simply not fast enough to defend a lot of the players on the New Jersey Devils. So that is my biggest concern as well, is how is that second pair going to deal with that kind of speed? Miller can do it. Can Truba do it? I The facts tell me no.
1: Okay, Andrew, it's time to play The Price is Right for the first time on the Liberty Blue podcast. Okay, so as of right now, all three tri-state area teams are alive and in playoff spots right now. We'll start with the obvious. Which team has the most expensive of the three tickets as the get-in price? I mean, it's the Rangers, of course. What do you think the cheapest get-in price for Game 1 at Madison Square Garden so game 3 of the series is right now on the secondary market.
0: Uh If you had to guess, I would say let's let's just go
1: $500. Over, way over. Really? Get in price get home game 1. Yeah. $327. Okay, I fees. mean, hey,
0: it it's lower than I thought it was, so I guess that's a win. I sort not for me because I I went over, but like I guess for the fa- like Listen, I thought I was gonna have to sell a kidney to make this happen. It's it's all it's also only game one, well of game three of round one. So yes. I'm sure I'm sure if the Rangers win a series or two, or maybe three, that number will exponentially rise.
1: Okay. The thing I found interesting about this was The Devils tickets are legitimately about $100 cheaper, and it is, you know, 15 minutes away. Devils tickets get in price, home game one, round one, $225. So if you are so inclined, you can go across the bridge, whether it be driving or on a train, $100 cheaper. And then the Islanders last out of all three, $195 to get into game one, home game one of the Islanders If they get in. If they get in right now, and I, I was looking at uh, Hockey Viz's, which is, I like the best just because their visuals are the easiest to read. So right now, Hockey Viz has the Islanders finishing with 93.6 standing points, the Panthers with 93.2, and the Penguins with 92.8. So very much still in the margin of error there. The Panthers are on a really good stretch of play here last couple of weeks, they have kind of crawled their way back into this and the Penguins falling off in the same window has really opened it up. I mean, if the Penguins had even played 500 hockey in the last month, the Panthers would have already be out of it like the Sabres pretty much are at this point. The Sabres can basically be eliminated tonight. But realistically, you're looking at this being your one through eight. Maybe, maybe... You could say the Penguins get back in, but just wanted to bring up the ticket prices. Okay, 10 minutes before we get out of here, we'll do some awards. We have a few interesting ones. I have a silly one. Andrew has one he suggested. So we'll start with the silly one to get it out of the way. The Patrick Bateman Award for most likely to be a serial killer based on what you order at Dunkin' Donuts. Jimmy VZ getting a plain bagel with butter is very concerning. First of all, if you're getting a bagel at Dunkin' Donuts, you're either violently hungover or rushing somewhere. If right. you are getting a plain bagel with butter at Dunkin Donuts by choice, that tells me you don't really, you don't really care what you're eating. You're just eating for sustenance.
0: Sure. A little
1: bit concerning if you are living in New York city and going to Dunkin Donuts and getting a plain bagel with butter. Especially
0: because okay. there's so many bodegas that yeah, have so much bagel. better food, dude. Uh,
1: it, I need Jimmy Veezy to go to the bodega yeah. on TikTok. I need him to go get a sandwich the Akiway. Yeah, go grind yeah. up some Cheeto dust, put it on a plain <laughs> bagel. Get, get Jimmy Veezy in the Akiway deli in Brooklyn. Get get Jimmy yeah. Veezy an I, Akiway sandwich.
0: Here's the thing. If if Duncan had some specialty whatever bur- bagel that Jimmy Veezy was getting because he couldn't get it anywhere else, that's one thing. This man says, I don't care about your bodegas. I don't care about your better bagel options. I'm going to Dunkin' Donuts to get a plain bagel and butter. This man, dude, listen. Jimmy, Jimothy, I need you to to come to Brooklyn. or, Or to Manhattan. There's a lot of bodegas in Manhattan as well. Go to any bodega. Literally, I don't care which one you go to. Anyone's. How about that? You know what we should do? We should pre- we should get Jimmy Vizzi on the phone and pretend that we are Dunkin' Donuts, and then we're going to take him to a bodega, but we're just going to make a fake sign that says Dunkin' Donuts, and then we're going to present him with a real bagel that's in a bodega instead. We should do that.
1: Okay. Um, we'll do this one at Get It Out of the Way. The biggest surprise, also Jimmy Vizzi, because frankly... Very lukewarm on that signing last year when it yeah. happened. Uh, did not play a significant role on a Devils team that picked, what, third or fourth in the lottery mm-hmm. last year. And has been a legitimately elite defensive forward yeah. all season long, yeah. no matter what the role. Yeah, they miscast him when he was playing with Zabinijad and Kreider or with um, Trocek and Panarin, but it's not his fault he was misused for sure. the first half of the entire season. He was really good this year. Jimmy Vizy and the role they asked him to do. He's played a lot of different. He's worn a lot of different hats. He's filled in a lot of different roles. He's going to be a key component on the fourth line that we highlighted before that we were both really fond of the way the way it's played since they kind of settled the lineup the way it's going to. Easily for me, biggest surprise, Jimmy Vizy.
0: I agree. I when we talked about him at the time, we said he was a guy. That was kind of our. Summary of Jimmy Vesey to this point, and we went off of how he played before he got here. He was, he was waived last year. He was like, he was he was essentially out of the league. The Rangers gave him one last chance to be he like him a PTO. Just show us anything. Just show us what you can do, and we'll go from there. And Jimmy Vesey has turned that last saving grace into a very important position on this team. He has played really well defensively. He's had his offensive flashes. He's one of the one of the three players on that very important fourth line that play really well and are dangerous whenever they're on the ice against other teams fourth lines because they are one of the best fourth lines in the entire league. So for Jimmy VC to essentially latch on to the final saving grace of his NHL career turning that into what he's become now for the rangers there's i it would be almost a crime to really pick anybody else for big a surprise here yeah
1: no he's been everything you could ask for for what they brought him in on one of the biggest critiques i've had of this front office is their inability to pay anybody their actual market value for the production they give them jimmy veezy has exceeded his contract in the terms of the value he's provided for the rangers this year easily okay Next up, we will do, let's go with, let's go with most disappointing.
0: Okay. To me, it's still Jacob Truba. Like, it, okay. it's, it's unfortunate in a lot of ways because, again, like I, I don't want to be a Truba hater. I don't want to be somebody that just drags and drags about Truba and, oh, he didn't do this, he didn't do that. His contract is so big. I, 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 hate, I hate being that guy, but at the same time, if you're the captain of a team, first of all, captains of the team usually are one of the top five. We talked about this at the beginning of the season. Normally, the captain is one of the five best players on the team, and Jacob Churpa is not one of those five. And to be so disappointing on the defensive end, like that is really my biggest gripe with him. And also, when he's... When he has the puck on his stick in the offensive zone, he's he calls not, his own number a lot. He's not dangerous. At, at, like he he will shoot the puck. 95% of those shots go 8 feet wide and the other 5% hit the goalie square in the logo and that that's that. That there's you, you freeze the puck, you give up possession and you and there's a face off. So offensively he's not really doing much and defensively he's giving up a lot and that's my biggest disappointment is like okay well Jacob, like Truba eventually is is going to improve right he's going to figure this out he's 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 Jacob Truba like he, he he has that contract for a reason he has these you know expectations on him for a reason he has these minutes played per game for a reason and yet when you watch him play you're just disappointed by what you see and unfortunately as much as I, you know, again, I, I I, really don't like being, you know, a negative Nancy when it comes to Jacob Truba. I got to do it. He's been my biggest disappointment.
1: I will go similar vein. I was expecting a little bit more in year two of Braden Steider as an everyday NHL player. I understand he's dealt with pretty bad partner play all year. He had multiple partners in the early part of the season where they had him out there with Zach Jones, Hayek, Harper, Mikola, Back to Harper now, and I understand it's really hard as a young guy when you don't really have somebody you can lean on as a partner. But the, every time Harper and Schneider have been on the ice for the last like three weeks, I've just been clenching my butt and holding on to the armchairs and, um, on my chair, the arms of my chair, because they just cannot exit the zone at any point. And Schneider's a decent skater, where I feel like they should be encouraging him to use his skating to get the puck out of danger a little bit more. There's nothing wrong with using the window to clear the zone, reset, and try and catch your breath. But if that's your only way of exiting the zone, which the stats bear out that Schneider uses the window the most out of all the defensemen on the team, it's a little discouraging for somebody who is, you know, a 20th overall pick that the organization is extremely high on. Not to say he won't keep getting better. Defensemen typically season a little bit differently than forwards. They typically develop a little bit slower because defense is harder than playing forward in the NHL. You think about some of the other guys on the range, who were successful right now, Ke'Andre, Lingren Fox, all extensive time before they got to the league. Fox three years of college, Ke'Andre two years of college, Lingren two years of college, and then half a season in the AHL. So you give him the benefit of the doubt based on that, that because, you know, he's only 20 versus the other guys who were 22, 23 by the time they made their debuts. But I would have liked to have seen a little bit more from him this
0: year. I would disagree. I it, it it but it is it is tough, and the one thing I'll kind of push back a little bit on like it's really it's really tough to grow as a defenseman in the especially in the NHL when for x amount of games, however many Ben Harper played, you have to play with Ben Harper, and it's it's I'm not you know I'm not going after Ben Harper the individual, but as a hockey player, he is not great. So when you are 20 years old, like Brayden Schneider is to be tasked with okay how do i play my game while imp- while trying to improve while also essentially covering for my defensive partner how do i do all of these three things at once and with with mikola there it is a lot better i'm not saying it's perfect obviously there's still holes but in terms of defensive pairings i have a lot more faith in schneider mikola than i do in schneider harper and ben harper listen He's, he got his he got he got his bag and I'm you know go celebrate have have a you know do whatever you want with that money but uh, please don't play in the NHL like that's that's just it like that's just it is what it is with Ben Harper he's not an NHL defenseman so when you strap somebody like that to a twenty year old defenseman he's a lot of the times he's just focusing on how do we not give up a goal here because my defensive partner can't he can't catch up to anybody and people skate circles around him and he can't really defend either so i kind of not not fully but i do give brain Shider a little bit of a pass to having to deal with that for half a season
1: word okay we'll swing it the other way now we'll do best vibes i'm curious who you're gonna say for this but i have somebody in mind
0: Alexei Lafreniere I like his motherfucker stole my life he's 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 come on his vibes are off the charts he's a goofball he's hysterical he's he's so he's so unintentionally funny yeah like he he's just he's happy to be there and he's the he's the first overall pick so you would think that he has some ego about him and he's like oh you know I'm too good for this etc he's just happy to be there he's he's I love his attitude I love and again we don't see him on a day-to-day basis we don't we don't talk to him we don't see him in the locker room when the cameras are off we don't know you know aspects of Alexander Frenier. but when he's on camera he's hilarious when he for for no reason that picture on the bench of him with a, with the chin strap like on his on his mouth i mean like no nobody else is doing that on the team like it's all lafreniere right he's hilarious and he gets my best vibes award Oh
1: yeah. No, he's hysterical. He he's got like this sense of humor of like a 14 year old where he's always kind of like zoning out and he's always got a goofy look on his face. Everybody else around him got like a stoic, aggressive game face <laughs> look. And he's just looking around like, wow, there's a lot of people here. This is crazy. <laughs> this is Madison square garden. Yeah. And, you know, it's like year three of him in the NHL. Yeah. And he's still like, wow, this is awesome. I can't believe I'm here. Yeah. That, it's very fun when you got guys like that on the team who kind of who bring it back into reality a little bit as opposed to some of the more you know the hardo guys who make everything about hockey their entire existence and all the only the three branches of government to them are pucks in deep as opposed to <laughs> those types of guys
0: okay full 60 you got you can't forget about that yeah gotta get pucks in deep all right, all
1: right last two most valuable player i have someone specific in mind who yeah. do you got
0: Uh should I mean, it has to be Shostakin. I don't like. You you can make a case for Adam Fox. You can make a case for maybe a forward or two, but Igor Shostakin is still the number one reason the Rangers are here, and 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 he will be the number one reason why the Rangers make it or don't make it far in the playoffs. If Shostakin manages a ninety-four save percentage, and all of a sudden the the Rangers, you know, carry that into a a cup a, a cup appearance, then. Like, that that will essentially be the season for them. But if, like, Shesterkin has played, you can argue that there's been a couple of weeks here and there where where he hasn't played that well, but for the most part, he is still the rock of their team. They play a certain way because they know that Shesterkin is back there ready to bail them out when inevitably there's a 2-1-1 the other way and Ben Harper's defending it. Like, they they play this way because of the... Of their MVP, Igor Kuznetsov, like there's, he won the Vesna last year. He's not going to win it this year, but he's still the number one reason to me why they're here.
1: The argument for Kuznetsov is the entire strategy for the team is rooted in having the better goalie than the other team. They play that soccer-style counterattack based on the fact that they think their goalie is going to be able to make a save more often than not, and they're going to be able to go the other way fast, even though the other team is going to outshoot them most nights. That's the argument for Shostakhin on just like a a fundamental level. Like, you can't – if that doesn't work, the entire rest of the team, the way it's assembled, doesn't. For me, I'm going to argue Adam Fox purely because I don't want to repeat another one of your answers, even though we've already overlapped a few times. But Fox is the single most – Fox isn't going to win the Norris because points go burr on a, the sure. worst, one of the worst teams in the entire league. It's great. Eric Carlson has 100 points. I'd argue Adam Fox's 70-something points on the Rangers are a lot more valuable than Eric Carlson's 100 on the Sharks. Because if you have a 100-point defenseman and you don't even have... If you were eliminated from the playoffs by New Year's and you have a 100-point defenseman on your team, I don't Who really cares? think it matters. Right. Like I, I think if you told Adam Fox you don't have to worry about defense, he could do a 100-point season. I yeah. really think you could get an argument to do that fox is the single most important skater they have on the team shesterkin's the most important player fox is the most important skater okay last one most obvious one do you think the rangers regular season was successful
0: yeah yeah i i definitely do when when you get to like we talked about earlier when you get to over 100 points it's always going to be a successful season Is it gonna be 63 wins and the Boston Bruins successful? I guess not. But like that, that is an unattainable level of success that anybody would want to achieve. Like the but what the Boston Bruins are doing is literally breaking records. You can aspire to do these things, but you know, reasonably you can't be like, oh, well, if the Rangers don't win 65 games this year, they're a failure. No, the answer is, yeah, like they, they are comfortably in the playoffs. They've gotten over a hundred points and like we talked about, they haven't played well for stretches through the season and yet they're still in this position. they added some piece at the deadline who you know that are are going to hopefully be positive uh, uh positively impact the Rangers come you know come these next couple of months here hopefully next couple of months with their acquisitions they didn't make any particularly egregious, mistakes at least in the front office like they Tarasenko trade wasn't all that expensive Patrick Kane we've talked about his you know him as, a, as an individual etc cetera, etc cetera. Um, as a as a as the trade in and of itself maybe they overpaid a little bit what we've argued that whatever but in terms of how they've built this team how they've overcome what happened earlier early December like we talked about if they didn't beat that St. Louis team who knows what this what the rangers could look like right now they were on the verge of his, of making a lot of changes and yet they came back and now we're here so through all of that over a 100 point season comfortably in the playoffs and they look good so yeah i i would say this has been a successful season for sure
1: yeah no completely agreed with you the one point i'll make on this and i'll go real quick so we get out of here so people got time to go to the bathroom get a drink before the game starts to go over A hundred, five hundred, ten points. You are getting. A lot of things to go your way And yes, everybody who is good Gets lucky at some degree That's just how sports work, luck goes your way A handful of times over the course of A really good season, it becomes an all-time Great season, that's what the Bruins have Right now, that's not discounting them as a team The Bruins are clearly a very good team But it takes a lot to go right To have that many wins in the regular season That's all I'm yeah. going to
0: say on that Well, and, and really quick before we go, we we did There's one more award that we want To get over, we want to to talk about his most improved because while VC to me is the biggest surprise, I think Philip Heedle deserves most improved because this, like th- he had flashes throughout the throughout last playoffs and et cetera. But this season he's really, I think really grown into the player that mostly that, that resembled what people thought he could be. He's, Way more dynamic offensively. He's gotten a lot better defensively as well. And somebody that has grown into his own, it has taken a while, but I think Filipito at least deserves recognition to, to to how he's improved his game this season.
1: Oh, I've always known Filipino was like this. Go read the tape. I wrote about this in January of 2021. Go listen to the podcast we did the day they signed Vincent Trocheck. Yeah, I knew Filipino yeah. was about yeah, that yeah. action. I, I I've been pounding the drum on him just staying healthy. That's the biggest reason sure. he's been successful this year. He's only missed a handful of games all year. That's the, been the biggest barrier for him to find sustained success at the NHL level. Was he's missed a lot of time. He's here now. He he's a guy he is here and he's a guy that has that can be counted on to make a play and he big is situation. him and eh, i that that expression is too overused now i don't like using that anymore <laughs> when it first dropped it was fire when stefan diggs was yelling that on the sideline of sunday night football that was fire but now it's kind of drawn out at this point where you have like middle-aged people making that joke like on the sports section of the news like the local news in the morning uh, he's him is dead <laughs> he's him is dead
0: yeah I'm well All right.
1: Sorry to burst your bubble there, Andrew. All right. That'll do it for this week's episode of the Liberty Blue Podcast. Make sure you are following along. We're available on all the major podcasting platforms, YouTube as well. If video is your thing, leave reviews, all that good stuff. Make sure you're following along on social. Lots of content to follow for the playoffs. We'll have a whole, whole lot of stuff to cover on next week's preview. We still don't know if the Rangers-Devil series is going to start Monday or Tuesday of next week. Either way, we'll be here live Monday, 6 p.m., twitter twitch and youtube make sure you are following on social twitter and instagram at liberty blue pod answer our question do you start your facial hair over at the start of the playoffs or do you keep growing what you already have we will see you guys next week enjoy the ranger sabers game if you're i don't know a sicko all right we'll see you then
0: later